0: Your inspiration, our innovation. Welcome to Tech Talk with Abson, your podcast where we discuss how LED can take your space to the next level through dynamic and interactive design. Welcome to Market Scale Pro AB, brought to you by Absinthe. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Today, I have an opportunity to have a conversation with the one, the only, Mitch Rosenberg. Now, Mitch is the Director of Sales Fixed Installation for Absinthe. Mitch, how are you, my friend? I am doing fantastic today. How about yourself? You know what? I'm doing really well, although for some reason, it's 100 degrees in Dallas. I don't... It's May. But but that's not right. This is just wrong. So let's talk about something that will uh, make me think about indoors and air conditioning. Let's talk about LEDs. And let's have a history lesson because I know you know the history of LED. So what I want to do is I want to go back to your start in Pro AV. I believe you started out working for free at the junior high level. Give me the 60-second elevator pitch to get you to where you are today.
1: 60 seconds. Heck, that'll just be grade one. Actually, what happened was, back in my junior high school and high school days, my older brother was very heavily involved in the AV world. He was the the AV guy. Unfortunately, I was also the jock guy, but I really got a kick out of the toys. He'd bring home 8mm, 16mm. He'd bring home ancient, ancient Otari and ancient um, Craig tape decks, three-quarter-inch uh, videotape, which, I mean, these are archaic things we don't even use today. So as I watched him repair them, as I started to get into junior high, high school, I found it interesting to also take over where he left off. So I started repairing the things, and I really liked it. I was one of these really strange nerds where I like taking things apart, repairing them, and saving the school some money. And, of course, getting you know very heavily relied on At that point, that was a very nice thing to be able to do that. Also, the market was just beginning to change in the late 70s, early 80s. I graduated in 1980. The market was just beginning to go from your 16 millimeter, 8 millimeter into actual videotape. Beta was out, VHS was out. So that was my lead in. By the time I got into college, my first few years, I had started off with something simple like physics. So that was my major. And I again got myself involved into the AV department. When I finished college, it was kind of ironic. I really didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. Mitsubishi offered me a job right off the top out of college, and I was part of their laboratory group, sales group, structure group, whatever you wanna call it, and wasn't really in sales at that point and discovered that life working behind a desk is boring. So a very dear friend of mine at the time was the national sales manager, David Bright, who presently, actually just recently, retired as the president of Kramer Electronics, asked me if I wanted to go into sales, and I had a blast. My first real forerun into large-screen digital display. Three-tube CRTs, long before LED was a buzzword, long before there was anything even involving LEDs. So that just covered 1976 to 1980. Five for you. How was that for 60 seconds?:
0: That's going pretty good. I like that. So we're going to fast forward to all of the successes and all of the, the breakthroughs you got to be a part of, and all of the changes you saw in the industry. Take me from light bulb projection to light being what's used to create the illusion of an image with the advent of the LED.
1: This was actually fun. I was very interested in LED when I was with Barco. I was at Barker from 1989 to 2000. And Barco was one of the first companies to actually foray into it. There were other companies out there, but we didn't have the anomaly of so many companies. Basically, there were a limited number: Seiko Smart Vision was out there, Dactronics, of course, the front runner, and one or two other small companies, and that was it. Barco was interested, so at the time they came over, a couple of the Belgians came over, asked a couple of us Americans to do some marketing research on what the market would be for LED. Now, keep in mind, this was nineteen. Oh gosh. So it was 97. It was 1997 when they first asked to do the marketing report. Right. Because I remember when we sold the first wall, we did the report, told them the market is huge. The trick was at the time, the finest pitch that was out there was seven millimeter. So Barker was going to create a seven millimeter and a 14 millimeter to develop. And that was our start into the marketplace. The reason that LED began to explode. Because red and green had been around forever. Red and green LEDs, the actual light-emitting diets themselves, had been around a solid 15, 18 years before this. Well, the Chia and Hewlett-Packard developed a blue LED, and that didn't actually occur until the late 80s and early 90s. Now they had a blue LED. Well, with red, green, and blue, we could create full motion video, something that had never been done before. If you recall back in the old days, you'd go to a racetrack or you'd see a stock ticker, they were two colors. They were either red or green. And of course we had white light bulbs, but those were not LEDs. They were literally white light bulbs. Well, now with the advent of blue at 60 Hertz, we could create video and it was amazing. We now had something that was completely seamless because at the time, the largest share of the market for a large wall outside of standard projectors being threaded together were cubes. We would take a projector, stick it in a box, put a 50-inch screen on the front or a 60-inch screen, and you'd stack these cubes together. And they were huge. They were cumbersome. They weighed a ton. They were a bear to get your X, Y, and Z axis correct. They were a bear to keep in alignment. The black levels were different. The white levels were different. I mean, it was true artistry to make those walls truly screen. LED took that out of the marketplace. LED made things simple but the cost was outrageous. 14 millimeter back in the mid nineties was $60, $70,000 a square meter minimum. Now the prices keep plummeting down and plummeting down. The pitches are getting tighter. Everything's getting smaller. It's getting to the point where it's reasonable. But back then it was wild to see. And Your top one percenters bought them, your Fortune 1000s, your stadiums, of course. You know, at the time, our first sale of Barco was SeaWorld. And we did the Orca Visions. We did Orca Vision down in San Antonio. We did the Orca Vision, which is funny to remember back that far in Orlando, and the one in San Diego. And we were all fascinated by how cool LED was. That's the Brief overview of how LED and how I got involved into
0: LED. So you talk about reduction in pitch and the reduction in price. Are we going to get to a point pretty soon where it's law of diminishing returns kicks in? I
1: don't see that for years to come. We had an issue like that. If you think back 15 years ago, I'm trying to remember exactly when, to be honest with you. I didn't have children yet, so it's more than that. It's got to be 20 years ago. When the first flat panels came out, when Fujitsu released the first flat panels, remember, they were only 42 inches. They were $20,000 a piece flat panels. Those same 42-inch flat panels, which are no longer plasma, as you're aware. They're now LCD backlit. And those same flat panels, you can pick them up all day long at Costco for $149. So it took 20 years for that price to finally reach somewhere where it's truly, I believe it's stabilized. I see LED the same way. LED came out. We're also talking quite a few years ago, but the pitches are starting to get tighter. And we're now down. I've seen pitches as tight as 0.7. I heavily believe we'll see pitches at 0.5. I'd say within the next 15 to 18 months. But as the pitches get tighter, the larger pitches are coming down in price. It's a volume issue. The yield rates are improving left and right. And as the yield rates improve, that means the cost goes down. Competition has exploded in the LED market. The Chinese, the Taiwanese, the Koreans, to a degree, the Americans, as you know, we're more of an assembly. We don't actually manufacture the LEDs themselves. We, however, do have the ability to manufacture the boards. We do assembly and we do amazing work here in the States. But the LEDs and many of the components come from China, Taiwan, et cetera. And as that competition heats up, I don't see a point of diminishing return for years to come. There's too many directions for LED to continue finer pitches, uh, better light output, higher capabilities. As you know, they last now, eh, you're talking about 100,000 hours, plus or minus to about half life. If they're not generating the heat, then they're going to last even longer. So I see longer life. I see brighter LEDs. I see more flexible LEDs. So diminishing return, I bet you we've got another decade before it hits its point of there's simply no money to be made from the factory point of view.
0: But other display technologies will probably fall off that cliff a little bit sooner. Many of them have. Well, let's talk about the difference in those technologies, because you mentioned working with those large cubes and having to stack them, and you, basically, you were like a magician. You were creating an optical illusion, and the thing I always find so interesting about LEDs is the farther away you get, the easier it is to suspend your disbelief and to trick your mind into thinking that what you're seeing is organic. At some point, won't the pitch exceed the amount of fine detail that the human eye can see at a certain distance and there won't really be any reason to continue trying to shrink the the LEDs?
1: Yes and no. Visual acuity is based on what your rods and cones can see at a fixed distance. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, that's one of those things that is pure math, pure physics. It cannot be changed. My example that I use when I make presentations often is I take an iPad, Retina, and a standard iPad. And I've been doing this for probably the better part of half a decade. And I show people when they ask me, I need more resolution. Do you really? Do you really need more resolution? Let me give you an example. And I hold those units at 48 inches, and I ask the end user, can you tell me which unit is which unit? And they can't. The reason they can't is because there's only just so much your eye can truly decipher at X distance. So you are correct in that. However, on the other side of the coin, as LED gets better and better, no different than flat panels have today. Remember, flat panels started off at one millimeter. Now we've got flat panels that are 0.2, 0.1, excuse me, 0.02, 0.01. And those are used for different resources, such as CAD drawings. They're used for medical research when fine, fine, ultra fine detail needs to be done. Most of the gaming companies, you go visit EA Sports, they're using unbelievably high-resolution monitors beyond 4K because they're rendering images that must be such incredible detail that they have to explode those images, put those images together, very similar to what you're doing with an audio recording. And then they put it together in a game or they're doing an operating room or any fine detail application. So LED could, in theory, as it gets down to finer and finer pitches, be used in additional applications, not just display, but full-blown touch applications so that you're doing full collaboration. They could be used for CAD so that you're doing renderings of 3D applications, engineering facilities, et cetera. Right now, LED is pretty relatively limited to display. We're used to the outdoor stadiums, the billboards. On the interior side, we're seeing massive growth with the upper education market. We're seeing massive, pretty much explosive growth with the commercial Fortune 1000 market. They're beginning to understand that in the conference room, in the boardroom, the huddle spaces, it's actually a better application. Price per dollar, the value of an LED exceeds that of other technologies. But the limitations are distance and visual acuity. So your question is correct, and it's a yes and no question. Right now, It has its applications. As this product gets better and better, finer and finer, we can expand those applications.
0: Now, as someone who's a problem solver, you're always thinking about how I would fix this. Oh, this would be neat. I know you have those thoughts going through your head just because you're a nerd. And I say that with respect. Is there an industry right now that's not really leveraging the LEDs and you look at it and you think, oh, man, we could totally fix that? It's funny you said that
1: without using specific names.
0: <laughs> of course, I don't want either of us to get in trouble, but mostly mostly me. I run around
1: and a lot of times I used to do CTS courses. So, I'm presenting to other individuals in other industries. And many of those individuals in those industries are so hardcore locked in with projection technology or they're locked in with let's just call it an alternative non-digital technology or a technology that they need to be understanding is going to go away. We we don't have dodo birds anymore. Stop trying to breed them. And as I try to educate them, they're so ingrained with this is the solution that their solution is going to disappear soon. I, I heavily believe a lot of the solutions they think they have are going to disappear. And that is in the entertainment world. So without specifics Let's just say, I believe, within the next 15 years at the outside, all the times we go to the movies, when we go see cinema, you're not going to see a thing light up in the back of the room, sending a picture all the way across the room. I think that you're going to see the application apply to the front of the wall. Because not only is LED and competitive technologies, are they getting better, tighter, uh, colorimetry, et cetera, and exceeding that of ancient technologies – these technologies are coming down in cost; They're much more viable. And their overall, their cost, the return on revenue is going to exceed that of the current and older technologies in that marketplace. Did that make sense? I, know I went off on one of my tangents.
0: No, absolutely. That made total sense. Now, you did mention not being able to talk to me about some projects you're working on now. However... Is there a project that really sticks out in your mind as one that you can go, yeah, I did that or I was part of that?
1: There were several that were in the control room space and our lovely federal government would probably shut down our interview. So we won't tell you who, but there are some very large screens that we did in the federal space for command and control that run 24 hours a day, seven days a week that never fail. They're simply magnificent. They're so well controlled. And as we're talking, I just thought of one I can talk about. Did an installation of Worldwide Technologies. Um, one of the finest companies I've ever worked with. One of the finest Fortune 500. The employees were fantastic. Management was fantastic. They understood that they had to do something different. And they truly rounded up architects. And we met with them over a period of years to develop what I consider one of the finest lobbies, presentation facilities in the world. There is a 54-foot LED wall in the lobby, approximately 10 feet high, that runs magnificent content. And they also utilized content to hide another one of their walls in the lobby. You walk in, you don't realize you're even looking at an LED wall. They turned it into what looks like a facade. And it then comes to life, and it breathes. And they have multiple applications of these walls and integrated with flat panels, integrated with OLED, integrated with other technologies. The WWT lobby, and I've been doing this better part of 30 years, is one of the most incredible facilities to walk into and just be wow. And that's one of the few I can actually talk about now that you brought that up. But that's an application of integrating LEDs, LCDs. Um, using lighting properly, using what what's usually the most important part of any large screen display, the content. I mean, you heard the term content is king. These guys got it. They understood that the content was going to make their lobby, not just the pretty great big walls that they were applying.
0: Well, the next time that you have a movie marathon at your house, uh, you just send me an email. Let me know. And I'll show up. I'll bring the uh, drinks if you provide the popcorn. Deal?
1: You need to come at Halloween. I actually take LED and I stick it in the windows of the house.
0: <laughs> well, what size candy bars? Do you give out the full size candy bars or are you the stingy guy who gives out like cans of tuna or whatever you find in a pantry?
1: Because my kids are grown and gone, my wife actually does that. She buys the expensive stuff and gives it out so that we end up seeing the same kids three four times at the door.
0: This year, I guarantee you, um, this coming Halloween, you'll see a much taller kid show up. I'll be the one dressed as the pirate,
1: and uh, considering I'm five foot six, I'll be the one dressed as the dwarf.
0: Perfect. Then we'll know we'll be able to pick each other out. I have really had a good time. I'm really glad you had the time for me today. I've had a conversation with Mitch Rosenberg. He's the director of sales for fixed insulation for Absin. Mitch, thanks so much, man. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much.